0: Welcome back to Heroes of the Faith, a show where we are inspired by the lives of the saints so that we can become saints ourselves. I'm your host, Deacon Isaac Longworth, and the whole point of this show, as I've said multiple times, is to help all of us become saints. And I wouldn't be telling us to become saints if it wasn't possible. I firmly believe that there are people all around us, sitting in the pew beside us in church even, that are living lives of great holiness lives of great saintliness. They're living for God. They're living for heaven. And I can remember when I was a little kid back home in my home parish, there was this older woman at the parish who was so holy. She was Portuguese. She didn't speak a whole lot of English, but you could tell that she was totally in love with, With Jesus. In fact, sometimes during the mass or at different points in the day, uh, if you saw her at church, she would come up to you and just kind of look you in the eye and say in, in broken English, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you as if she was trying to convey just how much God loved all of us. And I didn't realize just how holy she was until I started to hear some of the miraculous stories of the things that happened in her life. One of the most amazing stories that blows my mind to this day is that she was able to read the Bible, which in and of itself doesn't seem like a miracle, but let me explain. She grew up in Portugal and because of the poverty in her family, she wasn't able to have any schooling really. So she never learned how to read and to write. And obviously for her as a a very holy woman, she wanted to read God's word. She wanted to read the Bible, but she couldn't. She didn't know how. And so when she was living in Canada, she asked the Lord if she could have the gift of understanding just one book, the Bible. If she could just read that, she would be happy. And the Lord answered her prayer. She was given a Portuguese Bible and she could read that Bible, but she could not read a newspaper. She couldn't read a menu in a restaurant. She couldn't read anything except for the Bible. It was like God had given her this divine knowledge, this infused knowledge, this download into her mind so that she could read. And I share this story with you because the saint that I want to tell you about today had this exact same gift where he was able to receive knowledge directly from God. And so whether it's the the lady in my parish or the saint today, St. Benedict the Moor, we all can receive information knowledge from god that will help us draw closer to him well who's saint benedict the moor well he was born in 1526 in messina sicily just off the coast of italy and his parents were slaves from african descent they were either from ethiopia or some part of north africa uh, and they had been captured and were working as slaves for a sicilian master Now, Benedict's parents were both Christians, and they raised their boy to love the Lord Jesus, to pray to God, even when he was working as a slave, when he was doing his chores for the master, when he was out in the fields, they taught him, you can pray to God. And his parents taught him that even though the Italian society at the time didn't view their family as important because they were slaves, because uh, they had a different color of skin, his parents said, Benedict, to Jesus... All people are equally loved by him because we are made in God's image. And they express to him what Paul would have taught in the scriptures in Galatians chapter 3 verse 28 when he says there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there are no male or female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And Paul isn't saying that Jews don't exist or that females don't exist or that Greeks don't exist. No, he's, he's putting all of these divisions that people use to categorize themselves. And he's saying, yes, there are Jewish people and there are Greek people, but in Christ, we all become one. Yes, there really are slaves. And yes, there really are people that are free, but in Christ Jesus, we are all equal before God. Yes, there are male people. And yes, there are female people, only male and female, but in Christ Jesus, we have the same dignity, the same equality. And we are all called to become saints. And so Benedict's family taught him this, that no matter what others think of you, that your worth and your dignity doesn't come from their opinions. It comes from God's love for you as his son. And so from an early age, Benedict became very close to God. He saw him as a true friend who he could share anything with. And people started to notice that Benedict, because of his prayer, because of his kindness, he was very holy. And they actually gave him the nickname, the Holy Moor. Now, the term Moor referred to a tribe of people that lived mostly in North Africa at the time. But most Europeans just called everyone from Africa a Moor. And so uh, with him, he was the Holy Moor because they recognized that this young slave boy was very close to the Lord. He was a very prayerful man. Now, Benedict's parents had worked for their master faithfully for many years, and their master actually was very happy with their years of service. And so to thank them, he promised that he would free their son so that he would no longer be his slave. And so uh, Benedict's parents were overjoyed at this. They thought to themselves, you know what, even though we've lived as slaves almost our whole life, at least our son will have a different future. At least he will be free. And uh, their master was good on his word. He freed Benedict, who went off on his own to get a job. And so he took care of farm animals, probably because that's what he had done as a slave. He was good at it. And so he eventually um, saved enough money on his own to buy his own animals. And he was very proud of this. He was very proud that he was the first one in his family to actually own his own things. He wasn't just taking care of other people's farms, but he was building up His own farm his own animal business and so he was very proud of this he moved to Palermo Sicily and began to build up his business starting this new life that he was creating but in this new life that he found himself in he continued to stay close to the Lord and ask God what do you want me to do with my life I can do whatever I want now that I'm free but what do you want me to do Now, as a free man, Benedict still had to face racism and discrimination. That didn't stop just because he was free. Uh, Sometimes his neighbors would taunt him because of the black color of his skin. They would mock him for the fact that his parents had been slaves. And really, they said, "You you still should be a slave. You should have never been freed. And they also mocked him because he had never learned how to read. He was uneducated because as a slave, he never had the opportunity to go to school. He was working all the time. And one day while he was working, some of these neighbors were doing just that. They were mocking him for the color of his skin. They were calling him racial slurs. And Benedict was just ignoring them. He was unprovoked. He just kept working silently because he was practicing what his parents had taught him. He wasn't troubled by what they were saying because he was reflecting on what God thinks about him that God was in love with him saying, you're my son, I love you just the way I created you. It doesn't matter what these racist neighbors think about you. And while all of this was happening, there was a Franciscan hermit who was passing by. And he was a part of a small group of hermits who tried to live their life like St. Francis of Assisi, who I've done a show on in the past. They had gotten rid of everything in order to focus on God. They lived away from people and spent their time in prayer. And as he was walking by, he saw Benedict being bullied by his neighbors and he stopped. And as he watched this bullying take place, he saw Benedict was so peaceful in the face of this open racism. And so the hermit couldn't hold himself in and he he called out, you ridicule this poor Negro now, but before long, you will hear great things of him. So once the racist bullies left, the hermit approached Benedict and invited him to join their brotherhood. He recognized that there was a holiness in Benedict's life, and he said, look, we we would love to have you as a brother in our hermit community. And so Benedict, who was 21 at this time, he needed some time to think about this, because it would be a real sacrifice for him to leave behind his life. As a free man, he had finally been able to work to build himself up from nothing, to get his own animals, and now This hermit was saying, come give all of that up and live a life of prayer for God. But as he prayed, Benedict felt like God was was really wanting this from him, that he wanted to become a hermit, to enter into this life and surrender to him even more deeply. And so Benedict trusted God enough to say yes, to give God permission to lead him wherever he wanted him to go. And so Benedict sold all of his property that he had worked so hard to make. He gave all of his money to the poor and he left everything behind and joined the Franciscan hermits at Palermo. Now, as a hermit, his life was very different. He spent much of his time in prayer and work with the other brothers growing closer to God. He lived very simply. He fasted from any extra food and he spent the time serving both the poor and his brother hermits. One of his jobs serving the other hermits was he cooked for them. He was the, the community cook and he spent seven years in this community growing closer in his relationship with God. And he realized that even though it was a sacrifice to leave his old life behind, it was worth it because of how he was growing closer to the Lord. Now, eventually the superior of that community died and his brothers elected Benedict to lead the whole community. They said, look, Benedict, you're you're the best we've got. We want you to leave the kitchen and we want you to lead all of us. And Benedict, because he was so humble, he didn't think that he was worthy to do it. He didn't feel like he was ready, but he surrendered. All right, God, I guess you're leading me to become the superior now. If this is what you want me to do, then I'll do it. But there was a big change that was coming on the horizon for Benedict and his little community of Franciscan hermits because the Pope, Wanted to shut down all these small communities that had that had grown up and he wanted to make them all a part of a larger community Because he thought that that would make the church more organized And so since Benedict and his small group of hermits weren't that big the Pope wanted them to shut down and join a larger section of Franciscans called the Franciscan order of friars minor And so obviously this was a big move for Benedict and his brothers. They would have to change their way of life. They would have to live in a different house with a whole different group of guys. But Benedict as the superior told his hermits, look, we need to be obedient. We need to follow what the Pope wants us to do because this is how God is leading us into something new. He's leading us to a new future and we need to be obedient to what he has in store for us. So Benedict led his brother hermits into this new community of Franciscans. And because they were now in a different community, Benedict was no longer the superior. And so he went back to working in the kitchen, which honestly was fine with him. He was happiest in the kitchen. He didn't want the authority anyways. Uh, But the brothers noticed that something strange was beginning to happen with this new brother who had joined them, that he was living in the supernatural because even though he kept giving away their food to the beggars, because Benedict had access to the kitchen, he was always giving away their food to any beggar that came by. They never seemed to run out and they suspected that he was actually multiplying the food. And some of them testified that when they caught him unawares in the kitchen, they would see angels in the kitchen, helping Benedict do the dishes. And when he was taking care of the poor and the sick, they would actually recover on the spot. They would be healed when he prayed for them. And so they noticed all these miracles happening. Angels were helping him with his chores and and he was multiplying food and he was healing people all while humbly working in the kitchen. In his life of prayer, his life of kindness to others, his miracles and his obvious holiness, they made the brothers realize just what a treasure Benedict the Moor was to their house. And so the superior decided to put him in charge of the novices. The novices is just a name for uh, new brothers who had joined the community. So they weren't full members yet, but they were being trained in the life. They were called novices. And uh, Benedict was put in charge of training all of the new guys. And Benedict, again, thought this was way outside of his realm of expertise. He protested again, saying, look, just leave me as the cook. I don't want to be the superior. I don't want to be in charge of anyone. I just want to cook meals for people, give money and food away to beggars. That's all I want to do. And he was telling them, look, I'm not even a priest. I'm just a friar. Why not make one of the priests in charge of the novices? I'm sure he'd do a better job than me. And he also had to you know, embarrassingly admit, I can't read or write. How am I supposed to teach people what scripture says. If I don't even know what scripture says, I can't read. I can't write. Surely there must be someone better. And yet, nevertheless, his brothers were insistent. No, we think you're the right guy for the job. And so he could see that once again, God was calling him to do a new ministry, a ministry that he certainly didn't feel prepared for or equipped for, but he was obedient. And so brother Benedict decided that he would ask the Lord to give him the knowledge he needed for this new mission he was doing. And so despite being completely illiterate, he was able to teach the novices profound truths about scripture. It was like he had a private Bible study with God and God would give him all of this information. It would be like a download of all of the knowledge that he wanted him to know about his word. And then Benedict would go and teach it to the novices. And his Bible studies that he led were some of the best Bible studies they had ever heard, even though Benedict did not know how to read. Benedict also showed them how to live the life of a Franciscan. He had to correct them if they made mistakes, like if they missed prayer or they were lazy with their chores. It was his job to go and correct them on this. But he didn't lord it over them. Even though he was uh, in authority over them, he didn't, you know, strut around like, I'm the boss. You guys all have to listen to what I have to say. But he was a humble leader and precisely because he was so humble so kind so loving towards them the young novices learned to really trust him they began to come to him with their problems with their worries with situations in their lives and no matter what he was doing he would always put aside his chores and sit down to listen to them to give them his full attention to give them some wise advice that they needed and it seemed like He knew about their problems even before they told him what was going on, and that's because he did. This was more infused knowledge that the Lord gave him to help him in his ministry. He would know what was happening in their lives before they even told him, and he had time then to think of wise advice that the Lord would give him in order to help them overcome their struggles. And even people outside the monastery began to come to Benedict to share their problems with him, to seek his advice, and to ask for prayer. And he received infused knowledge for all of them from the Lord that gave him the ability to minister to them well. But after several years of being the novice master, Benedict was getting tired of the role. He asked to return to the kitchen because, still a humble man, he didn't feel like he was worthy, he didn't feel like he was doing a good job, and he certainly didn't like all the attention he was getting from people outside the monastery who were treating him like a living saint. Which, of course, we know now he was a living saint, but Benedict didn't like to think that he was. He liked to think that he was just a lowly Franciscan friar. And so the superior agreed. He allowed Benedict to go back to the kitchen to work as a cook, but it was already too late for Benedict. He thought that he could escape the spotlight by being in the kitchen, but the problem is is that the word was already out. People were already trying to find Benedict so that they could ask him for prayer so that they could get his advice, and he couldn't hide very well from them because he was the only black Franciscan in the house. He was in a sea of Italian brothers and so people always could recognize. Which one was Benedict and they flocked from all over to see him now He didn't like this attention In fact, he started traveling around at night in order to avoid being spotted because anytime he walked around during the day He could never reach his destination Because people would just stop him and ask him for advice and ask him to pray for their sick relatives and he could never get anywhere But despite his newfound fame Benedict never let it go to his head. He just humbly continued to live his life in continual obedience to whatever God wanted him to do. His days were so busy because he would spend the day cooking and cleaning, uh, not to mention praying with all the people that ended up finding him, that he barely had any time to pray. And so he would spend most of his time at night praying. He barely slept. He would pray for hours and hours and then just get a little bit of sleep in order to be refreshed for the next day. And most Catholics only fast for 40 days in Lent, but he did seven different stints of 40-day fasts every year. So because of St. Benedict, uh, you and me, we can't complain about doing 40 days of fasting during Lent because he did seven Lents basically every single year. But eventually when he was 63 years old, Benedict came down with some kind of sickness that finally forced him to slow down. And he became weaker and weaker. And one day he shocked all of his brothers when he announced the exact day and hour that he would die. God had given him one more dose of downloaded knowledge about the time that he was going to die so that he could prepare. And true to his word, he died on the exact day and at the exact hour that he told them he would, because he was obedient to God to the very end, even God's plan for when he was to leave this earth and go to heaven one of the amazing things about the life of St. Benedict that I just love is how much he relied on God's knowledge to live his life. He had to rely on God's knowledge so that he could study the Bible and teach it to the novices. God gave him divine information about people ahead of time so that he could give them wise advice. And God even gave him knowledge ahead of time for when he would die so that he could get ready. And the reason that Benedict was able to hear God's word so clearly is because of two things. Benedict was always listening for God's word, and he was obedient to God's word. So Benedict actually prayed. He took time out of his day to ask God what your will is. He was listening and expecting God to speak. And then once God did speak, Benedict followed through with what God wanted him to do. He actually did what God's word asked of him. And so God could trust him with words, with instructions, because he knew Benedict would do it. And so this gift of receiving words of knowledge from God, like receiving a download of information from the Lord, it's available to us today. I mentioned that lady in my parish who received divine knowledge on how to read scripture, even though she was illiterate. Very much like St. Benedict, the Moor. And we too can have this gift. It might not be as strong as St. Benedict. It might look a little different, but all of us can be open to it. Well, how, how do we open ourselves up to this gift? You might be wondering, well, I think the first thing we need to do is we need to take time to pray, to imitate St. Benedict in being silent before God, training yourself to cut out the other voices in the world so that you can hear God's voice more clearly. So that might mean for us today, turning off our phones, Maybe taking those earbuds out so that we're not constantly listening to all the clamor of the world and putting aside our distractions so that we can read the Bible and get used to what God's voice sounds like in his holy word. And then we need to, like Benedict, practice obedience. We need to steward the words that we receive from God. So actually put into practice what you think God is telling you to do. It's no use asking for words if you're not going to do anything about them. God's not going to give you words if you already don't have an obedient heart that's going to listen to what he says. And then we need to ask. You know, our our Father in heaven loves to give his children gifts. He wants to give us these gifts of knowledge. If we ask him for it, he will give us what we need. So ask for more of the Holy Spirit. Be specific. Say, God, if you're open to giving it to me, I would love to receive gifts of knowledge that would help me in difficult conversations to know what to say in moments where I don't know what God you want me to do. I can receive your wisdom. I can receive your knowledge so that I can do what you are calling me to. If I don't know how to pray, God, teach me, give me words of knowledge so that I know how to pray and then quiet yourself and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. What do you want me to know? How do you want me to go through this life living and relying on your divine word, on your knowledge that you are giving to me. And so when you do this, we can have contact communication with God. So pay attention to any images that come to your mind, any words, any feelings that come to the surface when you're praying like this and then have a conversation with God about it. Test it out. If you truly believe it's from God, act on it. But remember, like, like St. Benedict, we need to be obedient. And remember that sometimes God speaks to us through people who are in authority over you, through your superiors. Just like uh, Benedict listened to the Pope when the Pope told him to merge his hermits with the Franciscan order, he was obedient. And so if you have this great idea that you think came from God, that you think is is knowledge from him, and you go and you tell your pastor about it, and he says, well, that's not the direction our parish is moving in. That might be God speaking to you through your pastor. And so we need to be always aware that we can sometimes get it wrong and we need to be obedient to God and how he speaks to us, whether that's through divine knowledge or through the will of our superiors, through the leaders in the church who are given authority over us in our lives. And so why don't we pray to St. Benedict right now that we would become saints like he was and that we would be able to use any gifts of knowledge that the Lord wants to give to us just like he was able to use in his life. So in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Benedict, you were a man who had to endure racism and bigotry because of the color of your skin but you never allowed that to take away your peace and you dealt patiently with those who bullied you just like Jesus did. So help us to fight racism wherever we see it, the wickedness of racism in our society, in our own lives, and realize that we are all made in God's image, that the color of our skin has no bearing on our equality and our dignity in the eyes of God and help those who have been victims of racism. That they would have the gift of peace like you had saint benedict uh, not to take on a victim mentality but to change the world around them by their love and their patience in the face of injustice saint benedict you were obedient to what god was calling you to do whether that was to be a hermit to be the superior to work in the kitchen to be the novice master whatever it is you said yes to what he was asking So help us to surrender our lives more fully to God's plan, to make sure that we give God permission to be God, that he is King, that he calls the shots, that he leads and we follow. And St. Benedict, you had a powerful gift of knowledge that you used in your ministry. And I pray right now for everyone listening in that the Holy Spirit would activate the gift of knowledge in their lives that they would be able to hear God's word for them in the scriptures, in their prayer throughout their day, and that that knowledge would allow them to meet the problems that they face with wisdom that comes from heaven. Lord God, I pray for the gift of knowledge to be released in every single baptized Christian throughout the world. So that like St. Benedict, we can live our lives not relying just on human wisdom human knowledge human ideas but that we are tuned into what you have to say about situations and that we follow your word god saint benedict the Moor, pray for us in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen